Hey, Suns fans, how are we doing this evening? Little, little stressed out, a little nervous, a little what the fuck was that against the Houston Rockets tonight? I don't know about you, Matthew, but that game was comfortable, then it wasn't comfortable, then it got a little itchy, then it then it was okay, and then they started hitting threes and didn't miss, and then we <laughs> then Booker went on a 10-0 run, and then all of a sudden it was like almost tied again. Like, what, WTF? Yeah. What was that, man? <laughs> How many times are we almost going to lose? Uh, it's a typical Suns game, though, lately. Except for the last game, we had that blowout win. But this is the way the Suns roll right now, man. I mean, for three quarters, the Suns had it. They did exactly what they needed to do against the Houston Rockets. Fourth quarter was a little a little creepy of a quarter, right? It was a little little Uncle uh, Uncle Tom. Tomish gives you a little back rub. Yeah, your creepy Uncle Thomas just shows up like, hey, man, like, happy Easter. You want to hide some eggs? Like, what the frick was that? We gave up 38 points in the fourth quarter. And honestly, I just feel like the Houston Rockets couldn't miss a three. Uh, but ultimately, your yeah. Phoenix Suns win by a score of 133 to 130 over the Houston Rockets on a quick little one-game road trip. And now they're going to head home for the game that everybody's excited for, and that's the Wednesday matchup against the Utah Jazz. But as per usual, we've got a lot to talk about here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So thank you for joining us if you are joining us live. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review. If you're actually uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Go ahead and give us one of those five-star ratings because you know what we're going to do? We're going to read your reviews right here on the podcast. We actually have one uh, from, let's see, from Lucid Athlete California. He posted this on April Fool's Day, and he said, Fellas, love the podcast. Keep up the great commentary. <laughs> love listening to the podcast after every win and loss. It feels like I'm having a conversation about the Suns with my, and then just as more, uh, but it's with my friends. Oh, my so. Oh. And <laughs> with my creepy Uncle Thomas, who likes to give back rubs. <laughs> um, but again, you know, thank you to Lucid Athlete California for giving us that five-star review. If you do the same thing, we're going to go ahead and put you on the podcast, too, just to give you a shout-out, because we appreciate it. We really do. It's a great way to let other Suns fans know where to get the best quality Suns content on the interwebs. If you're watching along live with us on YouTube, go ahead and hit that thumbs-up button and subscribe as well. Hit the little bell notification that'll let you know when we go live, which is after every Suns game. And last but not least, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me on all those platforms at Darth Voida. And you can follow Matthew Lissy. Uh, Matthew Lissy. Fantastic. All right. We got plenty to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about this Suns Rockets game. Obviously, we're going to preview the Jazz game that is coming up on Wednesday. And we're going to do a little bit of a mailbag session, too, where we tweeted out yesterday hey, if you want to talk about the Suns or you want to. Uh, answer a couple questions on the podcast. We'll be happy to field those questions. So, Matthew, you ready for this one? Yeah, I'm ready. What do you got to drink? What are you I have up? an 805 Cerveza. Ooh. It's not an 805 Blondale. It's an 805 yeah. Cerveza. So I've never had this before. So shout out to one of my vendors who dropped this by today to let me uh, try. And I'm going to try it right here on the pod. I Let's hope it treats you right. What are you drinking? Water. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Okay, smart water. Smart Makes water. Smarter. I dig it. I dig it. Well, yes, drink them if you got them, Suns fans. We need it after this game. <laughs> I got it open. I got it open. Cheers. Your Phoenix Suns now hold a record of 35 and 14. For the second time this season, they have won six consecutive games. And this is the first time since the 2007 and 2008 Phoenix Suns that that has happened, Matthew. It's been quite some time. A little bit of time, dude. This game today, absolutely amazing. Did you watch? Did you actually watch the whole thing? Or did you get home in time from work? I, I, recorded it so i was catching up to the point where i didn't realize that like in the last five minutes of the game i was like it, it was actually down to, like the last two minutes i'm like i'm looking at my phone on espn i'm like they're like 30 seconds ahead of me how's that oh my god oh, i forgot to fast forward through it yeah because i was catching up the whole time what about you uh, i got ho i actually got home at halftime so i was listening to the whole thing in the car oh, nice um, john bloom john bloom yeah but it was actually really fun to listen to i mean the first quarter is pretty exciting i think it was a 
the first quarter, I heard like when Aiton came back into the second quarter, he had like two points, one rebound. I'm like, oh god! And then the second quarter happened with DeAndre Aiton. I missed most of that. Um, but the third quarter, I think he had the, his best game ever this year, um, especially in the third quarter. Yeah, he was really Sorry. dominant. <laughs> Fly just flew in my mouth. So. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally changed that up there. Um, I just got to ask, you know, before we get into DeAndre Aiton, because he's definitely going to be a point of emphasis on this game. Uh, do you feel bad for Houston? Like, you know, what, what's happened to this organization? Two years ago, they're in the Western Conference Finals, and now they're just more discombobulated than Matthew after three shots of Sailor Jerry's while roaming downtown Chandler. Like, at what point do you feel bad for this organization? Not Mill Avenue? Okay, that was back in the heyday. No, you're, no, a, you're a downtown Chandler kind of guy now. My young end days back on Mill Avenue. Um, no, you know what? I'll just say, I think that what James Harden did had to be done, but... Before that, the years he played, he played a lot of good, solid years with Houston, and it got old. I didn't want to watch Houston play again in the playoffs with James Harden. I'm sick of seeing. I'm sick of seeing the colors, the the floor, just all of it. That's the way I am. If it's too much of that team, just kind of like how OKC was with uh, Russell Westbrook, that was over with soon. I mean, two years ago, and it's the same thing with James Harden. James Harden leaves. I'm like, thank God, because I'm just I want to see him in a different uniform. I want to see something else happen, switch it up a little bit. So I am very happy for what happened there. But honestly, for this franchise, it's been a while since they had to turn things around. But they got a good coach. I mean, they got some good young players on the team. We'll see what they do in this offseason. So I'm not I'm not feeling too bad for them. It's one bad year. So chill out. Yeah. Well, it's just it's really interesting how. You know, two, three years ago, they're in the Western Conference Finals, and now they're just like, boom, shakalaka. I mean, it's a team yeah. that, no, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I can't really talk too much shit because they scored 130 points on the Suns tonight uh, behind some phenomenal three-point shooting on their part. But it's just been interesting to see how they've completely had to change their culture because stars just didn't want to play there anymore. And it just reminds you to be appreciative of the Phoenix Suns and the culture that we're developing because we're on the upswing. We're a team that's, you know, hot and fresh and sexy and a team that free agents are going to start to gravitate to in these upcoming off seasons because we're developing this culture. And as yeah. we, as the Phoenix rises from the ashes, it's kind of nice to see Houston fall to pieces because I will never forget or forgive Mario Ellie for the 1994 and 1995 NBA playoffs, where he almost single-handedly at the end of those games, big games, hit huge shots that ultimately set the Phoenix Suns home. So I will never forget the Houston Rockets for that. I, maybe I'm petty, maybe I'm old, maybe I'm old and petty, but I will never let those moments go. Yeah, maybe your Uncle Tom petty, I don't know. Stupid man. So stupid. So stupid. <laughs> it was a nice try. It was a nice try. But I think, you know, as we look at this game, you can't you can't really talk about this game unless you start with Watch 2021. DeAndre Ayton wanted the ball in this game, Matthew. He was demanding the ball. Uh he was just doing anything that he necessarily he like he realized that he had the mismatches to make to make do, to make what he wanted to happen, to, to be aggressive. And he wanted it. I mean, how excited were you to hear on the radio and then see when you got home uh, his aggression? And obviously, it's a thing that everybody, you know, the Suns fans, we want it all the time. And I get that. And it's like, it was yeah. nice to see that come to fruition. It was. And honestly, for me, I feel like DeAndre Ayton's a mismatch against anybody in this league. I mean, supposedly right now, it's not really a center league, right? So DeAndre Ayton should be taking over every game. But when I heard it on the radio, I was, you know, I was very excited. I was almost like, you ever watch like old baseball games from like the 40s and like everyone's kind of like sitting up and clapping? Like they don't know whether or not they're all sitting the time, up, man, all the time, standing up or sitting down. <laughs> That's the way I was in my car, dude. I was like up and down, up and down in my car, bouncing up and down. I had the hydraulics going. I couldn't wait to get home to see if this was for real if it was going to continue and that was a surprising part for me is it did continue and it was in the third quarter second quarter he helped out so much like i said in the first quarter i was kind of like, two points one rebound come on and then he just he 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 made he's the first time this year where deandre and like mind freaked somebody excuse my language mind freaked Whoa. somebody Settle down yeah and christian wood christian wood looked like a different man out there he looked like he was rethinking a lot of his life because of deandre Ayton. you want to see that every night with this guy of course but for this to happen it's like you know you need that one piece for the suns you need him and mikhail bridges to step up and both of them did tonight aiden is that other piece you had booker take over in the first you had chris paul take over in the second with a little bit of deandre Ayton, and then deandre Ayton had his third quarter 
And what's nice is he's that guy that's in between. So when Book's going at it, he's scoring, you still have DeAndre Aiden. When you have Chris Paul, you still have DeAndre Aiden. Like he is that guy that is the the great compliment to both those players. So he did that tonight. In the fourth quarter, it was kind of weird. He came back in and even EJ said it. It's like, he can't just sub back in and he needs to want the ball again. But it was a Booker fourth quarter. So he did, I don't even know if he touched the ball. I, I think maybe he didn't just score in the time. fourth. He didn't score in the fourth, but I don't even know if he touched the ball. But well, yeah, great game tonight, man. I loved it. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Fun to see the aggression. Fun, fun to see him demanding the rock. And had a stat line of 27 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, two blocks, seven for eight from the free throw line, and 10 of 14 from the field. And I really like that seven for eight from the free throw line because that was the true uh, barometer of DeAndre Ayton being aggressive is how often he can get to the free throw line because of it. Uh, There's only two times in his career where he shot over 10 free throw attempts or more. And I was hoping that this was going to be another game where that was occurring. And it was all primed and ready for it to happen. But he played pretty much that entire third quarter. Yeah. Uh, he he didn't he wanted to come out. Monty didn't want to take him out. Then Monty's like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to bring you out. And you were just kind of counting down the minutes in which he was going to come back because you wanted to see him get to that. Just 30 points. I mean, he hasn't scored 30 points uh, this season so far. He's somebody who uh, he scored 27 once against the uh uh, the, the Rockets, the last time we played him, yeah. and you and you look at his uh, career high. His career high came in his rookie season, thirty three total points. Uh, he scored that against the Denver Nuggets in a loss a long time ago, and we were actually at that game. That's when he had that like twenty point quarter or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, it was insane. Yeah, we were at the Blue Moon Lounge getting some beers, and he was yes. still scoring. Yeah, and he was still we're like, dude, he's still going. And he did it against Torrey Craig and that that Denver uh, Denver Nuggets team. So seeing him just play with that that amount of aggression and that willingness to just go, give me the ball. And you're dead right. You know, this is the DeAndre Ayton come playoff time. We're definitely going to need you. You have two guards who have the ability to score almost at will. You need to have that complementary interior player who's efficient who wants to be efficient who wants the ball because that opens up the entire offense completely now granted it's one of those uh it's it's a team that for some reason deandre ayton just kind of i don't know likes playing against uh you look at his career splits against the uh the houston rockets and i'm trying to pull them up career go pulling it down here on basketball reference his career splits against the the houston rockets he averages 17.5 points and 12 rebounds uh but you throw these two games in this season he's averaged 27 points and it's just uh this is the key this is the answer this is what will take the suns to the promised land nights like tonight from deandre Ayton come playoff time yeah, and what I love and what I almost mentioned last Aiden watch was the reason we are so well I mean the reason why Mikhail Bridges is so well liked is because he will play the same way every night, no matter who he plays against. Okay. I know the center position might be tougher, even though I said it's not a center league. I was joking. There are some guys down there that DA just can't nudge around like he did tonight with Christian Wood. But just the effort there against these teams that you know you'll probably get the win, even though it's a struggle sometimes for the Suns. The effort is what we want to see night in and night out. And it's not like a full 48, but it's just, you know, put your put your your best effort forward, really, for DA. And that's the one thing that we really need going into the postseason. And it's it's really it's coming quickly. That's why these games matter. Every game matters, no matter who we are playing. And I know the next two games are gonna be really great matches for the Suns, but they needed to get this W, dude, because Utah lost tonight too. Exactly. We gain a gain on gain a game on Utah tonight. And yes, every game does matter. This is the home stretch. This is game number 49. Tomorrow on Bright Side of the Sun, I will have my piece coming out because it's one thing that I've been doing for Bright Side of the Sun is reviewing every game, seven games at a time, and just seeing you know if you if you hit these little mile markers along the way, if you're just focusing on the next seven, what yeah. can we do in the next seven to grow? What can we do in the next seven record-wise? If you continue to win those seven-game periods, if you go four and three every game of the season, you're going to end up in the playoffs. This is another opportunity for the Suns to go through a pretty shitty part of the schedule. They lost their only loss in this last seven games was to the Orlando magic, a game we should have probably won. And the team and the team went six and one in the last period. And Deandre Ayton is starting to grow more. And now we enter essentially period eight. There's going to be three more periods of seven games with the final one being, I believe 10 games because it's uh, just the way that math works, you know? 
but uh <laughs> yeah but i mean a fantastic game from our our buddy deandre ayton thanks for uh they, they, thanks for just being the physical man dude that we all know you can be let's definitely make sure that that occurs more moving forward uh it was a nice start for from deep for the phoenix suns you look at how they played in the first half and they essentially you know it, it felt like the suns almost couldn't miss in the first half from deep they were 12 for 23 while the rockets were seven for uh or i'm sorry six for 17 uh did you think the suns were taking a little too many threes earlier or who gives a shit <laughs> you know it's funny you say it like that because when they're going in who gives a f who, yeah. who really who really cares i mean they're going in they look confident especially mikhail bridges started out two for two right from three so he's he good he looked, too he, yeah he looked really good those shots his form and everything seems like it's getting better and it's weird because all season long i've been really talking about mikhail i just i love him getting to the rim and i never i know he's shooting great from downtown but now, like, I am just getting to the point where I just, I love his form. I love everything about it. Of course, going into this year, he changed it. It looks a lot more natural. And that's the way he continues to improve it. I think that he, uh, he honestly, him and the rest of the Suns today, even Chris Paul was getting it going early. And he continued his streak from last game where he couldn't miss a shot. So it, it, it's nice when they're going down, of course. But then it's one thing if we're down to the Houston Rockets in the first quarter. It's like, why are we shooting so many threes? But they were good looks. I mean, you can't mm -hmm. pass them up in today's NBA. So either they're going to go in or they're not, they're not going to go in. Just like the Mavericks had to beat the uh, the Utah Jazz tonight, but making pretty much all their threes. They made 23 of them. So if Damn. they're going in, keep shooting them, of course. So I'm not, I'm not going to be upset about that. Well, and I mean, the Suns ended with 18 total made threes tonight. And that's... You know, you, you look at how they've performed thus far this season, and you look at their total number of threes made in a game, and the total number of times that they've had more than uh, 18 or more is, what, four games? They've had a game where they made 24, 22, 21, 19. So they made 18 threes, and they only won by three because the other team was just absolutely on fire come the second half. I mean, the the Houston Rockets, like I said, six for 17 in the first half. The second half, they end up shooting a total of, let's see, six, 11 for 16 from deep in the second half. That is a shooting percentage of math real quick. 68.7, 68.9%. Yeah, that's pretty close. 68% uh, from three in the second half. I mean, that's what it took the the Houston Rockets to get back in this game because the Suns are just one of those teams who really know I mean they're a quality team and I, it, it's a pleasure to watch this every night to see how they continue to just be a professional team that never gets too high never gets too low that takes the Ricky Rubio mantra the Papa Ricky mantra and Papa enacts Ricky. it into this team and into each game because when teams are putting runs on you, I mean, they what, what did they have in that second half? I wrote it down. I'm looking at my notes right here. My the Booker run or the Houston Rockets run? I think the it was eight, 19 to 3. 18, eight, 19 to 3, okay. 19 3 yeah. run in that second half. And again, that's why this game's close. And, you know, the best thing is I look at the Jamsters in the chat and uh, shout out to all the Jamsters in the chat down there. Really appreciate you joining us along live for this post game show. But no one's going crazy and being like WTF, like the you know what happened to the Suns? We've seen this, <laughs> yeah. we've seen this before, and I don't know if you, uh, Gerald Bourget, who does the Valley of the Suns, and he's got their podcast. It's something he was talking about recently on one of his podcasts. He's like, one of the nice byproducts of the Suns like blowing these leads is it forces them to have to close out games. We're not seeing those sticks minutes in the last six minutes like we did last game because we have to close out the game. So even though it's against inferior competition, they still have to have they still have valuable possessions and have to run competitive sets late in the game in order to win the game. And it's it's one of those little you know byproducts that is beneficial for this team. Yeah, it is. And uh that that podcast or Jerry Bourget's podcast is very, very good. Very yes. easy to listen. Just chill listen. I love it. Yeah, um, good people. Yeah, so I'll never be the guy, of course, with runs. Be like, oh, how did they give up those runs? Because that's not me. It's just the NBA. It's going to happen. So I always look at the clock. I'm like, is it below four minutes or three minutes yet With when we're up by 20? Because it really doesn't matter because every team the Suns are playing, when we're up by 20, by 15, they're going to just launch it from three. And that's what's been happening is these teams that they're playing – they're except for uh, the last game, of course, against OKC. They're going in these threes, so there's really nothing more. The Suns, I don't think it's their defense. If anything, their offense sometimes will throw the ball away, make stupid passes. 
But besides that, their defense has been playing pretty solid. And in the, the paint is where you have to sometimes watch. In the paint, yes. sometimes DA might be lackadaisical, give up an easy dunk, give up an easy lay-in or something like that, you know, where he's just not typically that way. But their cover, or the, yeah, basically they're covered around the perimeter. It's solid, I think. I they they can't really do anything else. I mean, the the ball's just going in for the other teams on difficult shots to end the buzzer, or to end this twenty four second shot clock. Mm-hmm. Just stupid threes are going in. So, yeah, and it, it's great practice for the Suns. It is, even though you're playing an inferior team, it is good practice because you get you get to see more. Our one question was. Who's going to be taking these shots? Pass it to DA, pass it to Mikel. Now you're seeing Chris Paul and Booker now make the shots they need to to win the game. So maybe that's something we have to deal with. It's just going to be those two guys taking the shots in the playoffs and towards the end of the season, even though we were worrying about, hey, get Mikel and Aiden more involved, which wasn't the deal tonight. <laughs> no, but it's definitely plausible that that's how you're going to attack is you're going to utilize your guards in crunch time situations mm-hmm. come playoff time and you're just going to let them kind of try to create and it's not pretty basketball and I think that's what frustrates us at times is we're used to a free flowing pass the ball nice, you know, get plenty of assists uh and and open up your fellow shooters via those assists yeah. kind of basketball game. I mean, again, you look at tonight, the Suns had 29 assists on 49 or 44 made shots. Uh, so definitely, you know, a team that likes to move the ball. But then when you hit those crunch time minutes, yes, it's slow it down. It's Chris Paul. It's Devin Booker. And that's how ultimately you're going to live and die by that. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's how you have to live and die. Those are your two max players. Uh, knowing that DeAndre Ayton, though, does have a micro affinity in his uh, personality to demand the ball at times could be something that, becomes unlocked here in these last what 23 games that the Phoenix Suns have is seeing something like tonight I'm really hoping and seeing that we build on this in these upcoming games because that's what this all is about man you know the the Suns have been an organization who've been looking up at the playoffs like man that'd be fun to play in that and given the way that they're playing this year it's like we know we're a lock we know we're in there it's like now let's start fine-tuning this machine really taking a look at the pieces and parts and see if they're applicable uh, come playoff time, if they're going to provide us with the mismatches that we want and the points that we're going to need come crunch time. And Devin Booker tonight was just absolutely fantastic in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who came in and, and pretty much just calmed the storm. He personally had a 12-2 run against the Houston Rockets late in the fourth. Yes. You know, the, the, the Suns were down 107-105, and it was like Devin Booker time, man. Yeah, it was 11-2 run, right? Sorry, I had to... Correct. Yes, on that, no, you are correct. <laughs> you, he missed that second free throw. Yeah, because I was keeping track of it. Just like I was keeping track of the third quarter where DeAndre Ayton was unstoppable. And then all of a sudden, hey, don't pass DeAndre Ayton the ball for three possessions. And then he gets a tip in that, you know, he couldn't make it, but it gets fouled. So it's just things like that I, I look out for. Because I'm like, how, how often are they going to get DA involved towards the end of the game when he's feeling it and he wants the ball? It was basically... Uh, Hey, let's let's just ignore him for a little bit, and in the fourth quarter, just don't even give him the ball. So luckily, Booker was making his shots, and we love it. I mean, he's gonna be that guy for us. We talk about every freaking podcast, but <laughs> of course, they did great tonight. Not even having the bench, Cameron Johnson, the hell of a game. It wasn't like even like it's points, twelve points. He just was really in there, hustling, throwing his body around, getting the crap kicked out of him. Like he was filling Dario Sarge's role really well tonight. I'm just getting uppercutted every time he was down in the paint. So that was great to see. I, I can care less if he made his threes or, or not tonight. I mean, it's, it's of course nice. I mean, he went three for seven, but just his physicality down low at about, with a smaller team. You like to see that with Cameron Johnson. Cause that's his next step, right? Working in the paint, doing what he can do down there with his length. So I, I love seeing that tonight. Like no one else really stepped up off the bench though. But, which is fine. It's not going to happen every night, so I'm not worried about it. No, me neither. And I, again, seeing some of the choices that Cam Johnson was making is what made me excited about his play because I wrote about him in my notes as well. And you know, right now is the, my first time looking at the box score relative to the bench. And yeah, you're right. I mean, one point from Sarge, two points from Craig, two points from Campaign, three points from Javon Carter. It was 12 points from Cameron Johnson and the and the way that the starters play. You know, a total of six players in double figures. Uh, but I liked a lot of his choices tonight where he would get the ball and he would go to shoot it and he would just let the guy fly by and he'd go in and he'd take a mid-range shot. And he didn't always make them, but he did yeah. have one really nice make. And I like to see that. And I know how inefficient and how you shouldn't take the the mid-range shot and all that. My two points is two points, man. Devin Booker makes a living off of it. And it's nice to see Cam Johnson do that. And again, to your point, be physical. Get down in there. You know, cut. Get into the paint. Try to create issues and problems. And he paid for it tonight. You're right. <laughs> 
Yeah, even if he can't read the bound the ball very well right now, just throw your arms up and see what happens. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what he's going to say. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's just, he, well, he's created out there create a little bit of havoc out there. And, you know, you yeah. got to respect that about Cam Johnson. And again, somebody who's coming back from COVID, I do think that his three-point shot uh, at times looks so good and then sometimes just looks so bad. And that's just going to be the consistency a second-year player provides. So we'll just kind of have to deal with that as it goes. Yep. The Sarge Smoke Break. Not much to talk about on our Dar- buddy Dario Sars tonight. Again, the one point on 0 for 6 shooting, 0 for 3 from deep, <laughs> two, two rebounds, two assists, a steal, uh, only one foul. Man, he was getting fucking murdered down there. Oh. What's crazy about the Rockets, man, is they're a team that's not that big. That's why DeAndre Ayton was like eating and feasting in this game. And Dario Sarge was just getting like pummeled, bro. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, pretty, he was pretty much out athleticized tonight, right? Yes. He was just. He just could not get it. Like he was, it was like he was trying to shoot under a tree or something, dude. He, he was having the hardest time. I'm, I don't mean to laugh. It's just it's funny because it's Sarge. He plays so hard. He really does. And some nights he just can't get it going. I know he went through that four game stretch earlier this year, or not earlier, but just like last week, where he just he had he averaged like four points a game, something like that. So it was a bad game. He tried too hard on certain certain times in the game where he was just trying to go. You know now when you watch Sarge. Sorry, I cut myself off like Charles Barkley a lot, where I just cut my <laughs> in, in, in mid conversation. I cut my own self off. <laughs> to the subject. <laughs> but you'll just you know where <laughs> Sarge is gonna like he's gonna go for the layups. Like no, don't do that, and he, he gets blocked every time. So he, I think when he got back into his 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 great Sarge days just recently was when he really took his time, but like had the right angles on guys. And it's very difficult for him to do. I just think that the guys around him covering him just were longer than him. And it was very difficult for the guy. No. And as Mook Allen says, he says they're athletic though. I mean, that's, that's what killed him tonight is the fact that he was going against a team. That's just, they're all athletes that not a lot of size, but will out hustle you. And like you said, Dario Sarge makes his living on angles and throwing that big booty around. And that's what the boogie boogie trend yes. says in the chat. He says Dario was booty tonight. You know, because he, he can't he can't make he can't beat these guys to the angles because they're just too athletic. And, you know, it's just it, it was an unfortunate night for Dario. Um, God, there's some somebody. Oh, uh, Monty. I love this. Dario must have smoked camels before the game. <laughs> yeah. Winded and tired, you know, and, and as uh, Arizona Kush, you know, everyone has a bad game. Yes, we know that we're we clearly we love Dario Sarge. That's why he has his own mm-hmm. segment on the Suns Jam Session podcast. It was just a rough night for the guy tonight you know but he will come back and he will bounce back and he will be vital to a a victory versus the um versus the utah jazz come wednesday yes. night is there anybody on the houston rockets who you were surprised by that you're like hey who's this guy <laughs> um yeah kevin <laughs> kevin porter jr of course i mean yeah rookie. okay that's funny yeah. that's exactly what i wanted to talk about bring it on him I, I feel like maybe I missed most of his good game, uh, but he was just some some guy that was surprising. I go along with Avery Bradley. I didn't even know he was on the team, and that's just really got traded for uh, uh, Oladipo. Yeah, so I had no idea. So it was surprising to see those two guys play. But um, honestly, Kelly Olynyk was the biggest surprise for me. Uh, but you can go back to Kevin Porter uh, Jr. if you'd like. But Kelly Olynyk, I, I think we talked about him like kind of adding him like as a, a guy that's a buyout guy or something. You know, he he really showed a lot of talents on defense. Uh, blocking. How many blocks did he have? Oh, he didn't even have a. How many blocks did he have? I was listening to the game. I swore he had like three blocks. Unless <laughs> those aren't no, really blocks. No, he had okay. uh, four personal fouls and five turnovers, though. Those are the blocks, and yeah, the five turnovers. Yeah, I just I felt like he had three blocks when I was listening to it. it must have been another old Linux. But uh, go ahead, man, with Kevin Porter Jr. Well, just I did the thing I, I, I have on uh, Kevin Porter Jr. was you know a couple things and. Um, Let's see. I'm clicking the wrong button. Who just said it? Uh, Felix says in the chat, he's like, uh, his dread, his two dreads were very surprising. <laughs> you know, he's got this nice afro. I love a good yeah. afro. And he had these like two dreads like right in front of his eye. And I just don't understand very that cool look. look. And it, it's, it's got, yeah, but like after you shoot the ball, like don't they whip you in the face sometimes? Like every now and then you're yeah. like, oh shit, I took a dread in the eye. Maybe he um, likes that. But, but my, my issue with him or my, what surprised me, maybe he likes that. Um, uh, what surprised me about him was kind of his stat line tonight. You know, you look at him and again, whenever you play anybody, that's a team like this. And we talked about this with the OKC game. Like somebody's going to have a good night because NBA teams are going to score points. This is the way it comes out. He had 20 points on five of 10 shooting. And what's surprising is one, he was one for three from deep and nine for 10 from the free throw line. And you look at his splits this year. He is a 23% three point shooter 
and he is a 59% free throw shooter. He just had one of those good <laughs> nights for himself, you know. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, it, may, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe Do I it. should. No, I don't it has know. To be. Okay, he gets it. The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. I mean, he's he's definitely the Jack. Game. Yeah, it was his free throw game. This guy shoots fifty nine percent. He goes nine for ten from the field and has a decent, you know, a, a decently efficient night. I was just really surprised by him. You know, Christian Wood. We know his name. We knew he was going to have a hard time against Da because he typically yeah. does. He didn't. The only thing that he could do, like you said, like Da was crushing his soul. So what did he do? He went to the perimeter and he made like three three pointers yeah. and got them back in the game. That was the only way he could be effective. Uh, but. You know, shout out to Kevin Porter Jr. Had no idea who you were coming to this game, and you scored a shit ton of points on us. Yeah, it happens, man. It, it's crazy. It's like we always talk about these games. Be like, you know, Suns need to play a full forty-eight minutes really to take care of these teams. But what do you think the other teams trying to do too? They're trying to focus. They're trying to get a win streak going. Trying to get a win after losing four in a row. So I think these teams that are coming are really trying to focus on forty-eight minutes too. And like you said, just try to hit those threes, and that's exactly what they did. But these teams are also trying to play the Suns very, very hard. Well, and again, that's just what happens when you're the second team in the West. Like, you're going to get everybody's best punch. Nobody's going to let you take a night off because for them and their fan base, it could be a signature win. They're like, listen, yeah, yeah. we've won. We lost four in a row, but we just beat the Phoenix Suns. Things are being turned around. You know, Kelly yes. Olynyk, Avery Bradley, these new guys to the team. Oladipo's gone. This could be the start of something special. You know, we're not there yet, but look what we did to the Suns. So you're going to get that every night from against the opposition. Every night you're going to have these teams gunning for the Suns. And, you know, again, kudos to the Suns for survive, or surviving the, uh, the the onslaught that the Rockets brought in that second half. Yeah, I mean, they had to do what they got to do. You saw Booker's face, too. Didn't move a muscle on his face, did he, the whole game? <laughs> well, what about what about his body language? I mean, you're the body language guy, right? You're the body language guru. Yeah, I guess Dave King is that guy. I had no way, honestly, I didn't even know he was into that stuff. But I like oh, the body yeah. language, yeah. Well, what, did you see... But uh, Devin Booker's body language after he was called for a flagrant foul. Did you see that? Oh my God. So that happened right before halftime, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just walking in and I, I told I saw the guy shooting two free throws. So you'll have to walk me through that. Cause I didn't have time to rewind. Cause he halftime, was really as cold as ice. They called it. And he was just like, okay. Like I was really, was expecting a hard foul? I didn't get to see a replay. No, essentially what he did is the guy was coming, you know, he was going to go block out. He looked at him and he went to put his elbow in his chest. And as the guy ran okay. into him, it kind of slid up and hit him in the jaw. Oh, so I mean, okay. it, it definitely warrants the flagrant foul, but it was Devin Booker's demeanor. And I just released that piece on bright side yesterday uh, pertaining to Devin Booker and being a technical foul machine, because I've been waiting for him to get his 10th technical foul. And he just hasn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck it. I have this piece lined up, ready to go. <laughs> We need something for some Sunday content. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and I'll release this one. And somebody said it on Twitter. Like, it looks like Voida got tired of waiting for this one. So shout out to whoever that was. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that's what it was when I came back in. I thought it was a technical shot. And they showed Book just like he was like still faced, but he looked a little upset, just annoyed. I'm like, oh, is that his 10th technical? But it wasn't. <laughs> no, he just he got a flagrant foul. And he was just like, okay, whatever, yeah. man. And, and it was nice to see that because, again, one of the things I kind of comment on in my piece on Brightside is like, listen, he really needs to that emotional maturity is that next big step for him. I mean, for Devin Booker along his career, he's had to go through all these different steps in an effort to become an all-star and hopefully a superstar. And the difference between an all-star and a star and like a superstar is a superstar wins playoff games. So that's kind of the next big thing for it him. Is. But along the way, to become an all-star, you know, you have to have the ability to be efficient score. You have to have the ability to lead your team. And, and he's a guy who, you know, I'm not going to go down the whole rabbit hole of Devin Booker being screwed over by the, the league for, you know, his relative to being an all-star. But he is now a two-time all-star. But one of those next things that he needs to do is yeah. really have the ability to control those emotions in those situations because he's cost his team's points and games in the past because of it. And just seeing that again tonight, little micro uh, uh, situation of him managing his emotions when he could have been like, are you serious? But yeah, and he didn't. And you brought up the body language and I did kind of, I didn't miss it totally because when he walks back to the bench now, he's just like, so fo- it's, he's totally a different guy. Like he's basically right now. So he's part of the elite status with the Ken, with the Jenners 
and the Kardashians. So do you think he is a like lizard a person now? Yeah, he's like a clone or something right now because he does look a little bit more stiffened up. Just I don't care what's going on with my my players on the court. What's going on with them? If they're messing up. Like he's really focused on his own game. Of course, he still shares the ball, but he has this little edge to him, like where he's hiding it to himself. It's like he's thinking about it the whole time, but he's not letting it be seen. So he, the last maybe few games, but I noticed it a lot tonight in the in the last half of the game where he has that. So maybe that is the next step he's taken to the next the stardom level to where in the playoffs he'll be that star the star that we need. He's as cold as ice, Clone man. Book. Yeah. Clone book, like the boogie trend says in the chat. Maybe <laughs> when he went on like that island with the Kardashians, they replaced all of his blood. What else are they gonna do? They There's get so gonna... bored. What yeah. are they gonna, are they gonna watch a TV show? They have and, and do everything. Like they're not gonna do anything <laughs> that we would do. They're like, you know what I'm gonna do? A nice little blood transfusion. They're like, Booker's like, uh, okay. And now he's just like, I would do it too. <laughs> I would do it too. I would give into anything they want me to do. <laughs> Why not? They're the Kardashians. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right. This is a reminder to everybody who's watching along live in the chat to go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're interested in submitting a mailbag question to the Sun's Jam Session, simply email us, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button and make sure you hit that little bell to remind you when we go live, which is after every game. All right. And if you're a lot watching along live in the chat, let us know who your jam star of the game is. Uh, in this one against the Houston Rockets. Matthew, yes. I'll let you go first this time. I went first last podcast. All right. Well, we just got done talking about this guy, Devin Booker. He has to be. And uh, I was thinking when he came in, when Aiden came back in the fourth, I'm like, okay, he has to help us. We're struggling. We're struggling. And then all of a sudden, eight, Booker goes on that 11 to 2 run. So then DA goes in the back of my, mat, my mind. And I'm just like, yeah, never mind. I guess he'll be okay till next game. You know, I wanted him to get 30 points. Oh, man. Me too. So bad. I, I really did. And that's what. That's what you see a lot this year, right? Especially with Booker when he starts out hot. He's Mr. First Quarter. Of course, 11 tonight in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. But he's always that guy in the first quarter. And then you're just like, you're so used to it now. But before, it was like, oh, Book's going for 50 tonight. You kind of forget about it now. But DA, you kind of want to see 30 points. 27 is fine. He's as happy as we are. Of course, he doesn't He can't. He does get two licks of whether he gets 30 points as long as they got the win. But I wanted to see more of DA in the fourth. But Booker got it going. So why not just keep riding him he missed two easy shots too in that span that he was really yes. frustrated with himself yes. and it's like those are gimme shots for him but then he was just outstanding he hit some really big threes tonight too yeah i mean yeah i mean what was his, he went what six for eight from deep i think yep, i mean six for eight, yeah six for eight like way to go d book eight for nine from the feet from the free throw line 36 points on 20 shots total 11 of 20 overall he had six rebounds six assists uh, I am going to go through the rest of the starting lineup just to give everybody who's listening on the pod or if you're watching as well, kind of an update on how everybody did tonight. Jay Crowder had 11 points. Mikhail Bridges had 20 points, and he looked good tonight, man. Uh, Aiden, as we mentioned, at 27. And CP3 had 19 points and 11 assists. He now has, what, his 500th game with 10 or more assists, the fifth player ever to do that. So, I mean, CP3 is coming to... Phoenix at the back end of his career and breaking all these records. He's over 10,000 assists, and now he has 500 games with 10 or more assists. So kudos to him. Uh, looking at what some of the Jamsters are saying, Blackout Suns says the big fella. Um, Mega Khalid 121 says CP3, Book, and DA. Uh, Det Nibble says DA. Boogie Trent says the big three as well. Um, Mario Lopez, Jamstar, third quarter DA and fourth quarter Book. That's a really good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm talking, I'm taking way too long. Um, I'm just going to go with you. I got to give it to D book. You know, I really wanted you know, I'm wearing my, my NBA jam shirt. That's got Booker and eight on it. I mean, it was both these guys tonight. They did it a total of what? 56, 60, 56 points between them both. Is that math for sure. me? More than that. 66, six, right? six, six points between both of them. I mean, fantastic effort for them both, but I mean, Devin Booker, the way that when the Suns went down by two or three points, it was one Oh seven, one Oh four. I, I misquoted myself earlier. And, I mean, it was just boom. It was Booker time. And I was just like, hell yeah, man. I mean, that's what I want to see in this game. I want to see Devin Booker or DeAndre and take over. And, you know, DA's just like, yo, Booker, you do what you do, man. And it was just, it was, it's so nice to see that. Um, so again, kudos to Devin Booker on getting our jam star of the game. Yeah. Uh, just really quick. too. I mean, if, 
Aiden always talked about, he was like, oh, we're just Shaq and Kobe. But can you imagine if, if Aiden was like Shaq now and he's like wanted his time, he wants the ball at the end and then they fight. So that probably won't happen for a couple of years. But right now it's just like, yeah, you're right. Give it to Book. So Yeah, let Book close out the games. And yes. again, a game like tonight is another stepping stone towards that more aggressive DA that everybody wants. Yes. Guess what? All right, guess what? We talked about in this game uh who was gonna win we said well both of us said the the sons and we were both right and that put moves us up to 21 and 12 for myself and 24 and 9 for you matthew and now we have the jazz preview the mm-hmm. sons uh it's actually incorrect on the screen i'm gonna change that real quick because it said at jazz it is a home game against the jazz who did that? that was God, Matthew, the <laughs> one thing I asked and you left in that. We are playing the Jazz on Wednesday. A huge game, obviously, considering the fact that they lost tonight to the Dallas Mavericks. So it's not you, you never want to root for the Dallas Mavericks, but tonight was one of those nights you're like, hey man, if you could do us a favor, like we'd really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh they're now 38 and 12. We are 35 and 14. We are two and a half games behind them. So if we beat them, we are one and a half games behind them. Uh, real quick, just so because I know everybody is eager to know how. Donovan Mitchell did in tonight's game uh, 16 points, five rebounds, four assists, six for 23 field goal percentage or field goals. That's 26.1% and oh, from eight from three. So that's how Donovan Mitchell, I am a known Donovan Mitchell hater. Um, so what are you looking for in this game, man? This is going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, I feel like when we talk about the big matchups down low, I just, the continuation, I feel like when I say this about Eaton, just continuing his good play, it always comes against, you know, a great defender down low. It can be like an Enos Canner. Who knows? Uh, you know, Canner always, I don't know, for some reason gives Aiden fits. I know he does. It's yeah, it sucks. But I just, I'm really excited to watch that matchup. I, I really am. And honestly, to tell you the truth, the Jazz, you know, they're they're the hottest team right now in the NBA. They won't stop winning except for tonight where they lost to the Dallas Mavericks. And the Mavericks had to score 23 threes. Shoot and make. Shoot them and make them. 23 of them to beat this team, but they held them to 101 points. I just, I, w- I would have rather seen the Jazz win tonight and then play the Suns tomorrow or t- in two nights because I don't want them to, ha- I want them to be on that streak and then we beat them. You know, like we want, yeah, I, I want to kill the care. streak, but <laughs> I guess it doesn't really make a difference. But the matchups I want to watch is just Aiden, what he does against Gobert. It's, it's really true. I think when you have Booker and Mitchell, I like Mitchell. I think he's a great player. I know a lot of, there's a lot of hate out there, but you know, Booker's going to want to go one-on-one with that guy because he wants to be the tier above Mitchell. He is, but he just needs to prove it. So we'll see how that matchup affects his son's team. And if Booker goes too far with it or just the right amount to where he can still share the ball, get Aiden involved, find some mismatches, do what they need to do on offense and not have it be the Booker show. But if it is a Booker show and he scores 60 and we win, that's fine. But I just don't see that happening. So it's up to Booker really to share the ball and get this team involved against this Utah Jazz team, which is, of course, great defensively. Yeah, great defensive team. You look at kind of where they stand right now. Uh, they're third in the league in points per game. Uh, they are first in offensive rating and fourth in defensive rating. I mean, they're just they're a squad. Now, granted, the Utah Jazz are very similar to the Phoenix Suns in that they've caught a lot of teams on down nights this year, just like the Suns have. We go against mm-hmm. teams like tonight. You know, we played the Rockets, uh, didn't have John Wall. You know, and a lot of the same things have happened for Utah. A lot of the breaks have gone their ways, and they have been really, really healthy, just like the Suns. So it's going to be really interesting going against them. Uh, this is a team that the Suns did beat on New Year's Eve. I remember you were sitting in my room. I was sitting here. We're taking shots of whiskey on New Year's Eve, celebrating a victory over the Utah Jazz, you know, a long, long time ago when the Suns were like five and one or whatever it was. So it's definitely going to be a game that uh, is very hyped up. It's on ESPN or TNT. I don't remember. ESPN. ESPN. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, two back-to-back nationally televised games. So it's going to be fun to watch that. And you're right. It's DA versus Rudy Gobert in this game. I mean, it's just the way it's got to be. And you look at DA's career splits against the Utah Jazz. He's played five total games. He averages 10 points and 7.8 rebounds. So Rudy Gobert gives him fits. And, you know, kudos to DA because generally when he plays the the big-name centers like Jokic, he has really good games. But this is one of those games where Rudy Gobert just locks people up, man. And 
you know, Suns fans be prepared to be frustrated with some things that happen to DA. He's going to get pushed off his spots. He's not nearly as physical as Rudy Gobert is. Uh, so it is going to really come down to that guard play. It's going to be Mike Conley and, Don- and Donovan Mitchell versus Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And I really think that Mikael Bridges is going to be the key in this game. They're, they're going to put Mikael Bridges on Donovan Mitchell just to try to fluster him. But I think, you know, Booker could probably take him, man. I really think that his defense is really, you know, it, it, it's not nearly as improved as it should be. But if you look at how, you know, kind of how he's playing this year compared compared to uh, years in the past, his defensive rating is a lot better uh, because he doesn't have to spend, and we talked about this before, but he doesn't have to spend all of his time on uh or, or trying to generate all the offense. He has a defensive rating right now of 111. It's his lowest in his career. Now, 111, that's not a great defensive rating, but for Devin Booker, it's the best in his career. He's technically, you know, at least from an analytics standpoint, playing the best defense of his career. So it's really going to be fun to watch their backcourt versus our backcourt, Aiton versus uh, Rudy Gobert, and then seeing how the bench plays. You got Jordan Clarkson, and you really need our son, the Suns bench to show up in this game if we want to pull it out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Utah bench with Joe Ingles, that's something you have to watch out for every game. Yeah, with that Joe guy. fucking Ingles. He's the one that makes those hard threes. You know, the threes where it's just like, it shouldn't go in, but it goes in. That's Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, if the Suns end up losing, I'm going to be okay with it. I think we're, we'll see where we are against the Utah Jazz. But win or lose, I, it's weird to say, but of course the win matters. I say every win matters. But if we were to lose, I don't think it's a huge deal in Suns. It shouldn't be. Because it's so, no, it's not the end of the world. Play. Yeah, it's not. And plus, when you see this team, if they do see him like the second round, it's going to be a different matchup, of course, every night against those guys for seven games. So it's just kind of see how we are or how we're going to do against the best team in the in the league right now. So it'd yep. be fun. It'd be definitely a good, a fun watch. A good litmus test for sure. Uh, over under eight missed threes from Donovan Mitchell in this game, Matthew. I'll say I'll say under. I'll say under tonight. Or I'll say over for Wednesday. I'll say over. You gonna say over? All right. Yeah, yeah. Cause fuck Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Who wins, Suns <laughs> or Jazz, Matthew? Suns. Suns win. It's gonna be a this. The pod after two is gonna be awesome, dude. We're gonna have it's. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be popping in the party. chat after. I yeah, I, I feel. Right. I think we might lose to the Clippers the next night just because they play us really well. It's a back to back, and we're gonna have a high intensity game. So I'm picking the Suns beating the Jazz on this okay. one. And we're taking a look. Okay, we got a uh, Suns win one thirteen to one hundred six. We got a Suns W from the Boogie Trend. So, uh, and then Nathaniel Darce is giving this one to the Yaz, the Yaz flute. So, so we'll see. It's gonna be a very exciting, very exciting game on Wednesday. Uh, next up, we have some mailbag questions. So again, if you're interested in having a question answered here on the podcast, you can email us sunsjamsession at gmail.com or just hit us up on Twitter at sunsjam. Uh, we'll take those questions and we'll bring them up on the podcast. It's been a while since we did a mailbag. Uh, though, for those of you who were with us during quarantine last year, I think like I was going back and listening to old episodes. I don't yeah. know why. And we used to, we did like ask us anything. Like it's like volume 17. Like we're just like, please ask us questions. We just, <laughs> we need something to talk about. It always um, gets the same questions over and over, time. over and over again. <laughs> yeah. uh, real over quick. I'm going to go down the line though. It's like, all right, positive energy only sons win a uh, sons win all day from Arizona Kush. We win both games from the boogie trend. We got sons from Omega uh, Khalid. Iverson vlog sons win 125 to 115. Mario Lopez says it's 115 to 98. So uh, Booker going for, for, uh, uh, 57 and Jay Nunez says Suns win 156 to zero. So I'm out. Call time out. Call time so. out somebody. Jeez. All right. Well, let me bring up our first mailbag question. We put a, a, one of our fun little Twitter polls out there and just said, Hey, if you got anything you want to hear on the show, hear me and Matthew discuss, we'll talk about it for the last 10 minutes of the pod. Uh, at Aussie underscore AFC, which ex Suns player makes this team a championship team and why? All right, I feel like we it brings me back to the solar, uh, the solar days, the solar, uh, solar report, solar report. That's what it was. I almost said solar panel five times. Um, I'm gonna say Amari Sotomayor. I think we just need that four. I think it's the easy answer. I almost said the Matrix, Sean Marion, but then you also have just our wings that are playing so well. So you would lose Mikhail Bridges' minutes, I think, if you had the Matrix here. But we would need uh, an Aiden or not Aiden, uh, Mari Sotomayor, man, someone under the rim. Sun's yeah, dog agrees go. with you. We definitely need it, but I, I like I got to go with the Matrix, man. I think okay. his defense, his rebounding, his scoring, his three point shooting, like everything is designed for the modern NBA. If you have eight and you have Amari trying to figure that out, it's just like it's almost 
we're almost too slow and the paint is a little too clogged. And then those Mikhail minutes, yeah, those end up going to the bench where he would be highly effective. Uh, we do have some Barkley, Barkley love and uh, a Dragon Bender shout out. Oh, so. of course. Uh, you know what? Give that guy another shot. He deserves it. <laughs> there you go. You want to read mailbag question number did. two? Yeah. So mailbag press. Let me get over to the thing right. where we do this bad boy right here. All right. Any advice for those uh, fans who want to get rid of Aiden on the trade <laughs> on the trade deadline? Any advice, John, to the to the fans that want to get rid of Aiden at the trade deadline? It has advice passed. For those fans now. who wanted to get rid of Aiden at the trade deadline, like yeah. here's the advice: just love the one you're with i mean you got you, you got da and you know again it's easy to answer this question after a night like tonight you know he's he you're gonna be happy with him you're gonna be sad with him but he is your center right now so yeah. appreciate the fact that he's 22 years old he just played in like his 150th or 160th game and he's still growing and uh he's he's we're gonna need him in the playoffs though yeah yeah just next question i mean it, <laughs> We're living with them right now, so we have no choice. And I, I like to have them on the team. So. There you go. Okay. Next question for you, Matthew. Coming from at Aladdin Allen. Do you trust campaign to be the backup point guard long term? Ooh, great question. Oh, that is a it's a great question because it has it makes you think. It's like uh when's the last time we had a backup point guard that we thought we might have for the next, you know, two or three years? Because we never even Goran had a Dragic. Jordan Goran Dragic. Yeah, you're definitely right, but Recently, nobody. So right now, it's like, I honestly just want to think about campaign and helping us get to the playoffs. I think he can be a good guard to back us up in the playoffs. You know, he's has a little bit inconsistencies, but he's been more consistent as late. I think he can play as, I think next matchup against the Utah Jazz in the, in the Clippers are going to be huge matchups for him off the bench. I think that he can be that guy for us this season. Let's see where he is after the playoffs, but he could be a long-term backup point guard, and I want to be too mad about that. It's tough because I like campaign. I really do. You know, but the, the key word there is trust. And I'm not at that point where I completely and utterly trust him. You look at his statistics this year, uh, 37 games played, 6.9 points, uh, 3.7 assists. So he's definitely doing what he should from there. Uh, shooting 39.6% from deep. If campaign can, can continue to shoot 39.6 from deep consistently and continue to dish out those assists. I do trust him because that's what we need from him. And he plays defense too. He's pesky on defense. He, yeah, he, he does all those little things that makes him effective. You know, you look at his per 36 numbers and that's 14.4 points and 7.8 assists. You know, he is a quality backup point guard that not a lot of people really gave enough credit to or, or a chance to, and he's taken advantage of his opportunity here on the Phoenix suns. Trust is a tough word, though, because when we hit those playoffs, like he's really going to have to step up. It's going to be really interesting to see how he plays against the opposition. But he, and may, here's the reason why I trust him. I like how I started. Like, oh, he, uh, I stutter all the time. I'm sorry, listeners. He does some of the best post defense that we have on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets down there. There's pictures of him posting up Rudy Gobert, uh, Anthony Davis, like anybody on the other team. Not Anthony yeah, Davis. Yeah, but. Like, you know, but somebody just put it. Yeah, box, he'll yeah. he'll he'll box out Anthony Davis. Like that's what you got to love about this guy. Like he doesn't care. He will get in there. Uh, so yeah, I do I do trust him, and I think it's a great signing by both James Jones and Monty Williams to bring him here. It's allowed him an opportunity to reserve uh, reinvent his career uh, mm-hmm. to have Nirvana, if you will, uh, a rebirth of his career. And he's been really playing well for us. So yeah, I see a lot of people talking about Halliburton in the chat, and yeah, you know. Halliburton would have been great offensively, but I still, I, I haven't seen much from him defensively. And granted, I'm not like, I don't have Kings on league pass. I'm like watching the Kings every night. Like, man, if Halliburton were playing a little better defense, he'd be ideal for us. But I think that because campaign has kind of that complete game as a backup, uh, it's really going to be interesting. And I do trust him. I, what's more interesting to me is what are the Suns going to do with their backup, like two guard situation? Is it going to be jump on Carter or is it going to be links Galloway? Matthew, who would you rather have in the playoffs as your backup two guard? Both, but no, I wouldn't have Javon. I mean, even like me tonight too. where he airballed a three and he's just having a hard night. Just have Javon. He's still in there to play defense. He knows what to do uh, defensively, offensively. Of course, he's just going to shoot the threes. I'm going to do anything else. Fantastic. I mean, you don't really need anything else. We've always had 
that question, who's going to back up Booker? Who's going to help him out? Of course, Halliburton would have been great, but I think the Suns really knew what they had in the backcourt, so they went after a Jalen Smith because they needed the backup forward center guy. Yep. And, of course, Halliburton's going to turn out to be a good guy, and it would have been nice to have him because you could have had him and Booker when Chris Paul leaves, but a lot of people probably think of that. Um, but, I mean, you, it's hard to be upset with what's going on right now, so I don't even think about that. I do maybe five times a day I think about it, but that's about it. I'm just joking. <laughs> and Alan, yeah, so, Alan Aladdin, yeah. Alan Aladdin, he's actually in the in the chat, and he says, "Thank hey, you for answering my question. Love the pot. Hey, we love you for your support. And if right, any of you guys are bored, go ahead and hit that little money thing in the chat, and uh, you know, be nah, a super fan and such. Now you don't have to. All right, uh, Matthew, why don't you dish out the next question? <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> oh, is this Paul a, Pierce? Take oh my God, yeah, Matt Maravich. Matt, Matt Maravich. Okay. Oh my God, I am. So Do you want to start on this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul so Pierce take. I had to look at Paul. I was laying in bed last night and I had to look at Paul Pierce because that's all I kept hearing about. I was laughing for like 20 minutes about this thing. I know it's like it's the whole demeaning towards women thing and like they're strippers, all of that. And it's probably not funny to laugh at it. But the funniest part is I think Paul Pierce didn't know that everyone could see it in the whole world. I think he just thought it was a personal thing. Maybe yeah. he was too maybe he was too drunk. Who knows? But the funny part was. When you would listen to the video, someone comments like, hey, they're like, you just hear like a butt cheek getting slapped. Like, and they're like, someone comments like, where's Rachel Nichols? I'm not saying this is good, but come on. We have to stop pretending like these guys don't act like this. I mean, not all basketball players, of course, but everyone in the world has their stuff they do in private. It just it happened it's just it wasn't even in private. He had his friends over poker night watching the game and strippers were over. But now he's gone from ESPN. But yeah. I did laugh for 20 minutes because of that one part because of the they were throwing stuff at the strippers and I'm sorry it was funny because it's, it's Paul Pierce and well exactly so, I mean it's what do you think? the the funny part to me obviously not as anything relative to being demeaning towards women what's funny to me is the guy just doesn't know how to use technology man like this guy's on ESPN you know he's had to figure out how Zoom calls work because they've been doing that on ESPN for like months now now granted you know on the jump like they're in person now but like he doesn't know how to like close the chat on an Instagram live thing. And he just thinks he's having a good old time. And the next thing you know, and then did you see the video today where it's like, after he got fired, it was just like he's him laughing. laughing. He's like, <laughs> like I was says, like, I love Paul Pierce now. Like, I've never been a big fan of his, but that was the funniest, like 48 hours of anybody in the NBA doing anything to get themselves fired from ESPN, which is fine. Cause he can get work somewhere else. But it's just like, I hate that we have to stop pretending these like guys don't hang out like oh, this. Yeah. They don't do well, this especially stuff, you like know? basketball players. I mean, there's stories yeah. about the entire Phoenix Suns team getting sucked off like in succession. Like it's just the NBA culture, everything around it. I mean, these guys are millionaires. So what are they gonna do with their money? Have a have have a ridiculous party and a hell of a good time playing poker. Like and you know, again, it's just like the the fact that he didn't <laughs> realize how to turn it off is just <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, I was laughing, my high pitched laugh. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> but um, yeah, and it, it's it sucks too because it's like if you had Instagram live at the Kardashian Island, like there would have been crazy stuff. Oh man, there. you so would have seen the blood see transfusions. That. Yeah, you would have saw something crazy. But yes, yeah, so my brother just texted me. Uh, does anybody in the chat can you tell me what the score of the NCAA championship game is? It's a blowout still, right? Or not? I don't know. My my brother Paul, he's he's gonna win our bracket if uh Baylor wins. So he's oh, okay. He he sits there, he doesn't watch any college basketball. And he's like, dude, I picked a looks like I picked a pretty decent bracket. Hey, I'm like, why don't you watch the Suns, motherfucker? Like if the Baylor Jesus. wins, if Baylor yes. wins, oh yeah, yes. they're up oh they won 86 70. It's over. Well, congratulations yeah. to Baylor for winning the national championship. And congratulations to my little brother for winning money. He Congrats. means so much. So all right, last question on our mailbag. Uh, this is from at Zanezor official. He says, "When is Zanezor coming back to the pod?" Zanezor, whenever, whenever he's not on the street rapping, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. So for those of you who don't know Zanezor, he obviously does the victory raps for the Phoenix Suns. I'm sure after this podcast is over, we'll go on Twitter. He'll would have put one out. We'll retweet retweet it uh because it's always fantastic he's so creative he's a great wordsmith uh, and that's one thing he does now like at home games he'll stand outside and he'll freestyle about the phoenix suns uh so shout out to zane zor we'll try to get him back on the pod and have a victory rap here with us um we had him out one we had him on one time man he's he's a crazy dude man yeah he knocked over his house or something <laughs> yeah he, yeah he, <laughs> he was, knocked over he, everything in the room he, he had a great time so we'll try to get him back here on the pod It'll, it's always a good time uh bringing in different people who love to uh talk phoenix suns with us and to even rap about it so shout out mm -hmm. to zane's door for hanging out with us that one time 
uh, we'll have him back on. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? We really covered everything. Like I, we even covered Paul Pierce. Like we we <laughs> I went there. To talk about Paul Pierce today. <laughs> that was the craziest was thing I've ever. Dude. One of the craziest things I've seen. Jesus, man! Like just learn how to use technology, man. It's like my mom, like trying to do, you know, she sends out something Instagram live because she just got Instagram. You know, it's like mom, whoa. Put- <laughs> Stop yeah, hanging she, out at Chippendales. Yeah. yeah, she's at Chippendales. <laughs> like, How do I turn the thing off? So anyways, on that note, I think we're all wrapped up here. Again, thank you to everybody who decided to come and join us here instead of watching the national championship game. That's awesome. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you are listening to the Suns Jam Session podcast. If it is on Apple Podcasts, give us one of those five-star reviews and write us a review. And we'll talk about it here on the podcast. Uh, make sure if you, again, are on uh youtube go ahead and hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to the podcast as well uh my name is john he is matthew john and matthew the jam session podcast i'm done follow us on twitter instagram phoenix fans at bad sun's jam i'm at darth Floyd. he's at matthew lissy i'm done all right miguel have fun at the game dude and then also join us after live heck yeah hold it down Miguel. it's gonna be a win and a great pod so everyone go home and love your family take care everybody see you on wednesday